I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to The Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. Okay, welcome to 23 of the Foyne Jones Show. My podcast takes me to some amazing locations and today Callum Church and I are in the, the Garden of England. We're in Kent, we're in Maidstone. What's this shopping village called, Danny? Uh, Maidstone, it's Newnham Shopping We're in Hall. the Newnham Shopping yeah. Village and we're with Danny from Trend Transformations. Danny, welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. Thank you, Peter. Very uh, nice there you go, you. mate, there you go. So, so Danny, mm. can you take a few minutes and just tell the listeners who you are and what you do, mate? Yeah, of course, Peter, yeah, no problem. So, uh, I grew up in Australia. Um, I had a, a, a very fortunate, lucky childhood, I think. You know, my father was in the army, so we had, uh, we moved every two years. Mm. So I've lived in all parts of Australia, everywhere from Melbourne to Brisbane, Canberra, uh, Sydney, uh, and we ended up in Perth. And I say, on that journey, I'm going through the TV shows. Of course, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I'm looking yeah. at the TV show. So, so Perth, so that's, uh, that's where the Wacker was, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. that's the Wacker, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And I say Perth is my home state, yeah. right, because it's the longest period I ever spent anywhere. So I have a very uh, uh, close, it's close to my heart, if you like. I really enjoy that state. And, uh, and then that's how I sort of got into Granite Transformations as mm. well, right, because I ended up, uh, whilst I was in Perth, I did an apprenticeship when I left school as a cabinet maker worked for a very large shop fitting firm in uh, Perth and then after that apprenticeship I was looking for something else and that's where I found Granite Transformations. The two founders of the company were sort of kicking off at that point. They had found this product that they thought was quite interesting. They wanted to bring it into the Australian market. Um, they were looking for someone to do the installation of it and that's where I met, met them and, uh, and then we started to go from there. So, so how long have you been in the UK? Uh, I came to the UK in 2004. 2004. And, uh, yeah, and initially I came here just for two years, and it was to help to establish. Did the, you lose your passport? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was to help to establish the yeah. brand uh, in, in the UK, and I had always had the intention of going back. Mm. But uh, you know, I, I love it over here. My wife is British, and I met her, which is part of the reason yeah. I ended up staying as well. As, That's as, a good uh, reason. A very. That's good a good reason. reason. So from from arriving in the UK, it wasn't from Australia because when when we were talking before you said saying to me that you know you the business was established trend or, or granted is it trend, trend was established in australia yeah. and didn't you take it to the states yeah so you know it was established in 1996 in perth just get then, a timeline going I like, I like that, yeah. yeah and then we started to uh, you know the, the the pilot store was uh was in perth we wanted to test it the two founders of the company always had a vision of franchising it. So after the first year of actually running a store, we realised what we had to do in order to franchise it. Ended up taking it to the east coast of Australia, which is where the most of the population is. We moved the corporate office over to Sydney. Then in 2001, we wanted to go into the North American market. We did that via Los Angeles, where we set up another pilot store. I spent most of 2001 backwards and forwards between Sydney and LA, helping to establish that pilot store over there. Is that and, as glamorous uh, a lifestyle as it sounds? Oh uh, no, I wouldn't <laughs> say so. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, I'm just uh, sitting uh, next to Russell Crowe uh, on the flight, and, uh, uh, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, to the, the sheer enormity of that to, to mm, take that on. Mm. I mean, was you, was you nervous? No, I'm well, very nervous. Yeah? yeah, I was very nervous. You know, I was fairly, was very it, young. It, at the I, time, always, I, I always ask this, Danny. Is it was it a conversation over a beer? Was it a master plan? Was it 
you know, how did, how did it? How did you go from you know being success, the business being successful in in Australia, you know, taking it to, to the east coast if you like, and then targeting that market? I tell you, we, you know, um, I remember very vividly the first time that I met the founders of the company, mm. and uh, they what were are they uh, Bob Smith and Colin McKenzie, um, and they were uh, we, the. The business at that point was really operating in a sort of a, a um, an industrial shed, if you like, right? Yeah. They had the first lot of product there, and they were looking for an installer. So I went along to this interview and saw saw both of them, and uh, they said, you know, this is our idea. We've got this product. We want to put it over existing worktops. In fact, this is it. Yeah, know, let's get it out. You can see. Dana, let's get this in. Yeah, for the, for, the, for the benefits of having audio, Danny, no. we could describe this. But no. for video, for the video watchers, we can they can get a look at it. So Absolutely. It's, it's a top, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it, the name of the product is Ethereum. Yeah. It's uh, by Eastone, which is our manufacturing. That's the other unique thing about our company. We're completely vertically, vertically integrated, right? So we source the raw material, we manufacture it, and then through our franchise system, we put it over existing kitchen worktops. So it gives customers a great deal of confidence knowing that they're dealing with the, the, the overall manufacturer, if you like. So, so, Danny, I want you to take me back, right? Take me on this journey. You're, you're in your shed. Yep. You're in your, you're in your shed, and, I, and I'm yeah. seeing it like you know, I'm seeing it like, yeah. like a shed somewhere yeah. in the, in the bush, in the outback. Yeah. Um, Bob's in there, and Colin's in there, the yeah. founders. You're in there, and yeah. you've got this product. Tell yeah. me this product, where it's from, how it's put together. Yeah, bring it to life for us, mate. Sure, sure. So, what we do is uh, we we go to all the quarries around the world. We take, and what most people don't realise is that when you mine natural stone a lot of that ends up as landfill because it can't be used. We take that, we break it down and repurpose it into our slabs, which is Ethereum by Eastone. Mm. And, uh, and we use that to create, we combine it with a polymer resin, which yeah. gives the product its, uh, its forever seal, meaning that it's completely non-porous, right? So there's no need to put any sealant on it. And that's how we make the slab seven millimeters thick, which means its purpose is to go over existing surfaces. We cover around about 4,000 surfaces, kitchen worktops, a month using this process now. And uh, in Australia, we were the first ones to do it um, and, uh, and, and really reshape the complete kitchen industry in Australia so because nobody had ever made over kitchens I mean, like I mean that. Going, going back into this timeline, so yeah. 1996, so yeah. um, you know, it was almost the, the beginning of, of, a, of TV in a different way, you know, the, the, the digital channels, the, you know, Sky TV was getting bigger, so yes. the, the home improvement, the home makeover, the, you know, buy your property, do it up, selling, that was booming then, wasn't it? It was, So, yeah. so that would be a good time to have yeah. this type of product, which can, you know, like, like you said, it can transform something quite, quite easily. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And until that point, you know, if you wanted to transform your kitchen, you had to tear out your yeah. existing worktop and the whole kitchen. In fact, makeover wasn't really a... Uh, on, in, in front of people's minds. I like so, it. It's, all, it's almost like cheating. Yeah. You know, and, but but, but it, for the right way because yeah. the, the key components of something are the look when you walk into the room, how it feels. You know, yes. and, and putting something new, clean, on point that matches everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the guys knew that there was this booming industry in Australia. They had this wonderful product. Now they just had to make a business out of it. And I remember at that interview, 
uh, you know, sort of saying to them, well, okay, like this is a startup, right? I yeah. can see what you're trying to do, um, but where's this work gonna come from, right? And, and, and Bob, at that point, stood up and said, listen, don't worry. Build a little before and after display for us. We're gonna put it in a shopping mall. We're gonna generate yeah. a whole lot of leads, and from there on in, we're gonna grow the business. And Danny, if you join us, then you will have an opportunity to grow with the grow with the company. How we're going to take it globally. I was twenty one when it happened. Twenty one, yeah, okay. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're going to take it globally. We're going to expand it to the east coast of Australia. We're going to go to North America. We're going to go to Europe. If you join us now, you can be part of this journey. Now I'm sitting in a tin shed, right? Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah. There wasn't even a, a, a the first. They had a, the, an operations board on the wall. Which I bet is how they did that. I bet they did have a nice orange ball and platinum chair. They did that. So 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 as a 21 year old yeah. in Western Australia, you did Perth, yeah. 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 So 21 year old in Perth, did you believe them or did you not care and just wanted a job? I tell you what, it, it, it's taught me a lesson from a very young age yeah. is that you know you, you have to dream big yeah. and have conviction in that, and I'm totally bought in to where that dream was going mm. and wanted to be part of it. And I was very excited about it and still am today. And uh, everything that was described to me at that point has actually happened, you know? So the guys were very, very clear on the direction of the company and where it was going to go. Uh, you know, our, the vision for the company is to enhance the world's surfaces with natural, timeless, sustainable beauty. So when we talk yeah. about the sustainability of the product, mm. it's, uh, you know, it works on a couple of levels. One, we use an awful lot of recycled material in it, be it post-consumer recycled glass or quartz or granite that we take from the quarries. Mm. And then secondly, we're stopping like 4,000 kitchens a month ending up as landfill because mm. we can extend the life of that kitchen by using our makeover process. It's powerful. Mm, that's, that's, that's powerful. Yes. And, and also what you're doing now, the world is becoming more that way. I know Australia are very much at the forefront of that if you look at, if you look at the, the continents. But yeah. you know, ev everywhere you go now, sustainability, you know, corporate social responsibility, it's, it's becoming more, you know, I mean, when Canon generation, the, the younger generation, it's, it's going to be more that way. Everyone, everyone wants to make a difference. You Absolutely. Know? And, and we, we, you know, you're, 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 we will come on to what you do in your spare time, and I yeah. we're going to come on to that. But yeah. you, you must swim past a lot of plastic, mate. You know, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, so, so you, you see that to an extent, don't you? So, so being able to do that from a business perspective is brilliant. So. So you've taken us on this timeline that's got you into this, you know, this celebrity lifestyle of, um, of, of Australia to LA. <laughs> um, a couple of years in LA. When, yeah, when, well, when, when did you arrive in, so I know it's 2004 you said you were in the UK, is that right? That's right, yeah. 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 So, so take us through that, that journey then. To, yeah, to okay. So when, when I was in the States helping to establish the, the pilot store, and you know, most of 2001 I spent half of it in the US, half of it in Australia. Yeah. And I guess, you know, from my point still of view, still young man, still young man, Living yeah, still learning a lot. You know, it was a very exciting times for the company and the growth that we were going through. Uh, I, I did find that year a little bit frustrating in terms of you would spend time in a pilot store, just getting it right, getting the right people in place, establishing the systems. Then you would go back to Australia, and then things would go array a little bit, right? Yeah. So I said, if we ever do this again. I would prefer just to pack up, move to the new market, and stay there for a couple of years, bet it down, and then I can come back. So the next market we moved to was the UK in 2004, and that's how I ended up here. Okay. Mm. So, 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 Danny, tell, tell the listeners, you know, the, the, let's talk, because we do, we, Callum will know this, and a lot of listeners will know this, we're, we're very popular in Hong Kong, we're very popular in, across the globe, but most of our listeners are in the UK, UK market. Yeah. Where, where's the, how would you describe the business as it is now in the UK, like as, as today? 
Today, we, well, you know, we are some 23 franchises strong. Uh, our franchisees uh, operate out of retail locations. They all have their own manufacturing factories on a local level as well, which mm. customers love, right? Because, I mean, uh, we have certain retail locations which are conjoined with the factory, and you can go there and you can actually see your worktop being bespokely mm. made for your kitchen. And they love that artisan appeal, if you like. Uh, and our franchisees have, uh, most of them have multiple um, retail touch points as well. Whether it's a showroom or whether it's a mini showroom in a garden centre, we have around about 60 odd showrooms among those 23 franchisees servicing the UK market. Um, our biggest challenge since we got started has been getting the word out there that this mm. concept exists of making over your kitchen, the top that fits on top. Mm. And, uh, and really, once people know about it, they understand the benefits of it, that it can be quick and an easy and a one-day makeover, they, they, they buy into it. Where do you see the future? You know, what, what's going to happen next for the top that fits on top? What's, fits the, on top. Yeah, what, we, what's, what's the future look like? You know, we, uh, we're, we're part of a global group, if you like, trend. And uh, you know, the, the one great thing about our company is that we never stop innovating. So because we are manufacturers at heart, right, yet we have a direct contact with the end consumer through our franchisees, we can create new products very, very quickly and react to the market, and in fact, create new products ahead of time as well. So we have a new collection coming out called Metamorphosis. Uh, it is a collection of very rare or completely extinct stones. Okay. And using a process called sublimation, we're able to recreate those prints. God, sorry, just for the benefit of me being a five-year-old. Sure. Sublimation. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. Is there, so, we've got Google Translate. So, so, tell me what that is. Yeah, so what we do, Peter, we take our, our base slabs, right, and we use a process. It's like a little kid at school. Yeah, 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 yeah that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're able to uh, create a print and using heat yeah. to transfer, we sublimate that print into our actual slab. Because our slabs have a polymer resin in them, that print goes into the polymer okay. resin. Yeah, almost like a, like a tattoo, right? So it goes into the material, and that way we can create any pattern within our slabs. And it's a very popular range. Okay, so, so I'm imagining some of the um, some of the quirky interior designers could get very, very excited about that that concept. Very, very. We launched a this new product called Trascender, which yeah. is what our sublimation range, around about two years ago. And right from day one, it's been our our most quickest, highest selling colour. From, from the get-go. We created in Carrara, we create Sagittario colours, we have a great concrete range as well, so Portland Silver, Portland White, which is very popular, and, and we can even do bespoke designs. So you can take a picture of something, we can recreate that and sublimate that into our material. Quite unique. Danny, listen, you know, I can't wait until we get into the Danny Hanlon away from business, all right? Yeah. But I'm not letting you go there yet, so you've got to put your props away, all right? Gonna, <laughs> he's got props. You were the first guest on our 23 episodes who's brought props. I'm, I'm proud of you, Danny. I'm proud of you. But I want to go back into the, because this is something that, that you know, my listeners could be or want to be or could become, all right? Yeah. Our connections, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a full-time broadcaster. I own a recruitment company, and, and working in the sectors we do, 
there will be people listening to this that are quite excited about the concept, mm. the route to market, mm. but how do, how do I get there? So mm. you said you've got 23 franchisees in the UK right now. Yeah. I, I've seen the footprint, so I can see where they are. Yeah. Been to a couple of them already. Explain to me what, what, how you become a franchisee and what that journey's like. Yeah, sure. So uh, it really begins with a discovery day, right? So um, they, we invite any prospect down to our corporate office. We're based in Tunbridge Wells to go through a discovery day. And, yeah. and, and what we mean by that, we show them every aspect of the business. Yeah. Because it has to be, it's, it's like a marriage. We're entering into a long-term agreement. It has to feel right for that incoming franchisee. It has to feel right for us. So it's very important that we give them a complete overview and that they're comfortable about what they would be buying into. So we take them through, um, um, we show them how we transform a kitchen during that discovery day so they actually get hands on and see how that happens. We take them to a franchisee's location so they can see how it actually works. They get to speak to one of our local franchisees as well to learn so about So no holds barred truth, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We're completely transparent with yeah. this, you know? And, uh, and, and, and then after that discovery day, they generally have a kind of a feeling as to, yeah, whether this is the right fit or not, and then it goes on from there. We set a series of like due diligence activities that need to be followed up on, and, and, and then from that point, it's really about selecting the right kind of location for the showroom, for the factory. We schedule them for their in-home training, which we do, the in-house, the induction training course, and then there's a lot of support afterwards, as you can imagine. You know, we're members of the the British Franchise Association, so we believe in ethical franchising. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of hand-holding in that first year. Um, I think one of the things that we do very well as a group as well, we could go into a lot of depth with the finances and the numbers. So there's a lot of work that goes Cause, in cause on that's, my Because I think, I think that's, that's when someone's, I mean, this, this is said so often now, but, mm. but it is the financial numbers that turn the dream into reality because yeah. you, can, you can sit there. You know, I've, I've, I've launched my business as a startup and I had this crazy idea that I could do something in 2003 and, yeah. and I started it and here I am. You know, yeah. so, um, and I've, been, I've, rolled, I've had that roller coaster, you know, I've, it's gone spectacular well and really bad and the, yeah. the highs and lows but we're here and we and we're and we're doing really well again but but I think the when you start looking at the financial numbers and the reality that's that decision do I walk away from my corporate PAYE position do yes. I do I take my inheritance or my equity in this property and, and do something because I don't think it's because it can't be a toy you've got to live it sleep it sleep live sleep and breathe this to make it work haven't you yeah so is, is there a DNA of a, of a, of a good franchise good franchise yeah there is you know we um, I, I mean our franchises come from all, all different I'll be honest I nicked nick the DNA comment off Paul Crow right? so <laughs> he'll be listening I nicked it off him so but, but, but is, is there a makeup of someone that will be successful yeah i think yeah um uh, need to be very optimistic right um, so half full yeah. half full absolutely and you spot that generally within the first few minutes of meeting someone okay um, smile leads you to that straight away didn't it? Yeah. definitely yeah. definitely yeah so uh, you know our, our most successful franchise is very optimistic by nature mm. um great at building teams right motivating teams creating a vision within that business I, I mean, I, I, I think about one franchisee that joined us probably five years ago, which is a very interesting kind of story, right? Because he was a kitchen installer okay. and had done that for many years. So it was in the yeah. sort of KBB industry, if you like, and, and came to us and said, you know, I want to have this business. It was actually referred to by one of our own staff. And uh, so we sat down and, and we did the first business plan 
with this gentleman. And I remember looking at, you know, because when we create a business plan, we start off very um, uh, pessimistically, if you like. So we build real numbers into it. So in the first month, very lean sales, but it builds on from there. I remember reviewing the, the year one business plan with this gentleman and it showed £40,000 worth of sales at the end of the, the first 12 month period. So that was what he was achieving on his monthly revenue. And uh, he said, do you really think I will get to 40,000 in sales for a month? And I said, absolutely, of course you will. No, of course you will, Steve. We're going to build yeah. this and now look at year two. I look at him now, four years later, He's doing uh, over 100000 in revenue per month, very profitable business, and, and growing in strength to strength to strength, you know? And, so this, is, and this is a kitchen installer. Kitchen installer. And I, I think, you know, what that shows is like, you have a guy who had a skill set, who yeah. really understood the technical side of things, married it with the franchise, and we were able to help support him with the finance, the marketing, some of the sales elements, which he's now fully adopted. And he's a success story. He's just doing so and well. That, and that's probably your biggest, your biggest advert is, is those success stories because that, that's what I would buy into. That's yeah. what people walking by there are going to buy into because, you know, in, in today's world of commercialism and propaganda, everyone, anyone can say what, what you want to hear. Yes. You can say the right things, you can do it. But to actually be able to factually demonstrate this has worked and this is how, yeah. That's brilliant. Absolutely. So, so, so that's that's one example. So, someone yeah. who was actually in a kitchen and installer. Uh, have you got people that have come from a completely different background in, into into the into the franchise? Yeah, we have, we have. You know, I, I mean, I look at our franchisee in Tunbridge Wells, yeah. our longest standing franchisee, actually, Gavin Whitaker. And you know, Gavin came from a sales background. He was selling IT, and uh, but has a real knack with people, whether it's his own employees or whether it's con- customers just incredibly skilled and gifted in that area and has built a very very successful business off the back of it yeah um but yeah we have accountants in the group we have engineers in our group uh so from all walks of life really um i would say the one thing that they all have is a a passion for transforming people's homes and, well, got, and, and yeah and, and, and that, and that passion i mean i'm picking things up right so so i'm picking that if they're going to fit into this group and mm. this network of franchisees mm. right you know you're looking for someone that can dream you know have, yeah. have dreams have ambition have, yeah. have, have you know, think about that um to start with a, an achievable foundation so so realistically move towards your dream yeah people skills you know be able to talk to people build relationships likable you know, so so again, we're we're not talking about university educated people. Or, you know, we're, we're talking about people with some of those softer life skills, which which we all like. You know, yeah. it's that it's the customer service that, that you remember, isn't it? It's the it's the relationship building. Um, taking the model, what does the the typical franchise look like in terms of numbers of employees and? You know, so so you've got the you've got the franchise owner and yeah. you've got some people on the phones in the, in the showrooms. You've got the installers. How does that work? How does it work? Yeah. yeah. So you know, we have uh, uh, typically the franchise owner who will normally do the sales, yeah. right? But depending on their background, their level of comfort, they might be in more of an operational role yeah. as well. In which case, they would then have salespeople do, yeah. do that side of it. Um, they have fabricators who work in their factories fabricating yeah. the actual worktops and then they have installers, and all of our installers are employed as well. We don't use subcontractors. You're going to ask that. Yeah. So, so that, that immediately says to me, and anyone listening to that, is that you care. Yes. Straight away, because it's, you know, you, you want to keep it 
control. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, we have a 10 year warranty on the material. We stand by that and we action that because all of our installers go through a very comprehensive technical training course before they begin. And, uh, and that's how we're able to control the standards mm. and, and deliver the brand promise that, that we... And, and I guess as well, you know, with some of those installers, if you, if you lock them in at the right time, they could, they could see the dream and, and could actually come, come and be able to, to maybe move into it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Peter, we're talking to a number of installers mm. at the moment that actually want to take on their own yeah. business now. And certainly have the skill set to do so, particularly with the support of a franchise behind. Yeah, them. But, but they'd also understand it from the from, rather than from the outside looking in. They, they can, they've seen it. They, they know how it all works. And yeah. and you know the strengths, you know the weaknesses. You, you can you can see whether something's got potential. Yeah. And, and if you've got people that are already embedded in the business and they see the potential and they want it, that's a good problem to have. Absolutely. That, that's the problem you want. It's like a queue. Do you know what I mean? You can, have, you can have a queue, and then the other people come in. So. Going back to the um, the product itself mm. and, and where they come from, you've got a very passionate message on sustainability, haven't you? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So our vision is to enhance the world's surfaces with uh, natural, timeless and sustainable beauty. And uh, and we do that through a number of platforms within our global group, if mm. you like, right? So on, on one hand, we have the, the Ethereum, which is the product we're talking about today that goes over existing worktops. Mm. And, and we, we, you know, we have a franchise system that delivers that to the end customer. Uh, but also within our group, we have another division where we manufacture glass mosaic tiles, all made with post-consumer recycled glass, and we sell that commercially around all around the world. And then probably the, the sort of the jewel in the crown for the group, if you like, is a, uh, a factory in the middle of Venice, which was started in 1888, believe it or not, and they have a very traditional Can you only get to it by bun? No, yeah, Yeah, the picture was getting good, you know? Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah. They have a very old traditional furnace and a way of making glass, a 24 carat wow. uh, gold leaf mosaic glass, which is very unique, they're selling it to cathedrals. Uh, and, and, and they produce what we call a smarty, which is a different type of mosaic. See a Foy Jones factory visit there. I mean, oh, I just, think I, so. yeah, you I would love it. You would yeah, love it. Yeah, my yeah, wife yeah, would love yeah. it. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly see that. that. Danny, listen, it's been brilliant to get to know you. It's been brilliant to get to know Trend Transformations, the top that fits on the top. Danny, look, it's been, it's, been, it's been a great half hour so far, all right? Mm. And no one is more passionate than me about KBB, about people. You yeah. know, I make money through good people in this sector and building relationships. But let's be honest, you know, sometimes I just want to talk about, about a human being and things you do away from work. It's much more interesting. Yeah. So, so I've, you know, I already know that you've, you've got some amazing achievements in terms of charity and what you do. Um, we're going to call this section Swimming with the Sharks and the Wows because um, we're going to get to know your you're swimming what you do we're going to get to know the sporting teams that you're involved in and you as a person so so yeah you're married you're in Wichita Kent aren't you yeah yeah, yeah you're, to you're in Wichita so yeah that's you, right you've kept by the sea haven't you I have yeah yeah, yeah. no we enjoy Wichita it's beautiful the oyster yeah. capital of the UK right oh, it's a beautiful restaurant there isn't it oh it's spectacular I think Great I said place. to you I said to you when we met I've always got a soft spot in my heart for Wichita because my nan's sister Violet she's one of the Four or five, she's one of the four sisters still alive, Harley, bless her, she's so lovely. Yeah. Um, but Winstable was her favourite holiday destination, and I used to um, 
drive my nan down there to spend time with her when they used to go away. It was like, it, I used to love it. And, uh, and my memory of which was just taking my nan and her sister in the car there, leaving them in their little B&B and saying, I'll come back and get you on Tuesday uh, or whatever. But it's just, I had that memory of it. So it's always a place there. But, but let's talk about, about your swimming because your swimming is a passion, yeah. isn't it? It's an absolute it passion. And I want to know how you got into it. Mm. Some of your, your, your world record breaking achievements, mm. and just, 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 just explain that to the listeners, Danny. Yeah, sure. And so I, uh, I, I, mean, I love water polo, yeah. also, right? And how I know, I, you've, got some, you've got some stuff here for water polo. Yeah, yeah, we do. Listen, we have a ball here. We've got a water polo ball, can yeah, yeah, we can do. catch? <laughs> there you go, look, see? Great set of trunks as well from my home nation. Yeah, and at least for me to at least we to keep. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I mean it, fit, Peter? We, maybe if I breathe in, mate, maybe if I breathe <laughs> in. But with the, uh, with a cricket, mate, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll come well, listen, that. Here's, here's one that may be better. This is our local team. Is that your local water team? Polo team. So, yeah, so, yeah. So, so it's a national league team. Now you, you play serious water polo, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my water polo. It's uh, it's always been a passion for mine from such a young age. Got to be honest with you, Danny. It weren't played at my school, wasn't it? No, oh. no it weren't played at my school. So, and I mean, you played it for a young age. It, yeah. You still playing it now? Competitive I still playing it now. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you in the Division Four or a Division One? I'm in Division Fourteen. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm classified as the oldest player in the team now, Peter, which I'm very proud of. Yeah. And our Division Fourteen were a sort of a feeder for our Div One team, if you like. So we have a combination of old players in there as well as very young ones that come through. And it's in Victor Waterpolo. Victor Waterpolo. That's yeah. it. Yeah, okay. yeah. You watch them. They'll win the National League this year. Oh mate, I'm in. I'm in. We're following. We're following. We're in this. Yeah. So, yeah. so 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 you got into Waterpolo. Yeah, going to uh, Waterpolo, and, and what, you know, one of the things that was happening because our season is about five yeah. five months long, and then during the off season, I, I wasn't training, right? So then I would come back to the Waterpolo season, and then it would be like hard to get going again. So I thought I have to do something. This is about eight years ago. I thought I have to do something in the off season to keep me fit. And a friend of mine suggested open water swimming. He said, "Well, you know, get out of the pool, get into nature, and try it." So I did. Yeah, and, and and my I remember my first open water swim that I trained for was a swim across the Dardanelles. So where you're going from uh, Europe across to Asia, and it was a race. There was about 500 swimmers involved in it, and and from that moment on, I'm absolutely hooked. Okay, so we're going to just break that down. You just said you're going to swim from Europe across to Asia. Yeah. Okay. So how far is that? I believe it or not, it's not too far. Across the Dardanelles, I think it was about a seven kilometre swim. Okay, so that, You have that, some currents yeah, behind you as well, yeah. pushing you, you know? Mm. Okay, that terrifies me. You know? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a reasonably good swimmer. Yeah. I'm happy to swim out, you know, to the, to the boy, and that's yes. it, and I swim back, you know, yes. that's how I am. Yes. Quite like floating around, but to go out there into, you know, the darkness, the, the everything there, how far have you gone from that initial 7K from Europe to Asia, which I've got to be honest, it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as it did when you first described it. You said I just did 7K open water, I would have said, all right, but when you, you threw the Europe Asia in, I was like, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so what's, what, what's been your best achievement? Because you've raised a lot of money as well, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the first, uh, the first sort of charity swim that I did was the Cook Strait from the north to the South Island. The yeah. Cook Strait I did with a very good friend of mine, Bernard Stone, and, uh, and our goal was to raise uh, money for Demalza um, Children's Hospice, which is a, a, a local charity here in Kent, and uh, we end up raising over ten thousand pounds on that one. Flew the other side of the world and got the swim between the North and South Island New Zealand, which was, was spectacular. Unfortunately, we didn't finish that swim, and this is the, the the thing about open water swimming: you can prepare as much as you possibly can, put all the training in, prepare the team, have the best pilot there. 
the other half of what you do is mother nature, right? Which you can't control. And uh, in that's when we were 10 hours into it. We got within four kilometers of the other side. And then this storm came in and we hit this thing called an eddy, which is essentially like a, a big whirlpool, if you like. And we were going nowhere. We didn't go anywhere for about an hour and a half, got driven seven kilometers back off. And then we had to call the swim off. But I think with every swim I've done, you always learn a little bit more and more, which gives you experience. That must have been devastating, time. though, from 4K away. You know what, Peter? Did you, see, did you see the storm? Can you feel it coming? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You feel it in yeah. the water, you know, and, there, and this fog descended in the Cook Strait as well, and you couldn't see the boats. Yeah. So they had to call it off. And I remember sitting in the back of the boat going back towards Wellington and thinking to myself, it was heartbreaking because we'd spent two years preparing for this, wow. training for this, yeah. and at the same time, I think, yeah, but, you know, it's pretty cool that you get a chance to do these mad things, right? And I, I've always believed in having big goals and going for them. Dream big. Yeah, dream, dream big. big. That's what yeah. it's about, you know? And, uh, and so that just gave me more fire to go yeah. and get the next one. So what, what's the, what's the what, 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 would, what are you most proud of? What, what's the proudest achievement? Oh, last year we swam a, uh, a piece of the North Channel between Scotland and Ireland called okay. the Delrietta Channel. I've seen this, and this is a record-breaking one. Yeah, right? this is a record-breaking one. So we, uh, and it's, it, it, when people swim the North Channel, traditionally they do it much further down. We did it between the two shortest distances yeah. in terms of the land mass. However, the currents through there are completely wild. And there's only ever been four successful crossings. Where did you start? Scotland. Where did you start? Yeah, start Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, okay. and then swim across Why? to. Why? Is there a reason? Uh, yeah. Is it, you is know, it downhill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That, yeah, is that the way? It's, to, it's is very better route that way. Better route that yeah. way. The currents are working yeah. in such a it, way that I, gives you a chance it, to get my across. My wife's family from Northern Ireland. Okay, right. so um, we used to go out there regularly, and most of the time we fly, but occasionally we went on the on the ferry. Yeah. All right? Now that was rough. Yes. Yeah. You know, that yes. was a rough crossing on a ferry. Yeah. All right? And yeah. I was like, you're swimming that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that in yeah. itself just just presents so many different scenarios. Um, yeah. How how hard is it to condition the mind mentally? Because you know you can be in physical shape, you can you can be ready, but the the mental pressure of that. Yes, yes, there is a lot of excitement around it, and also I think with open water swimming, a lot of anxiety that you need to cope with, right? Because when you're in the water, you don't know what's in there, you yeah. need to try to block that out. For me, it's a form of like meditation, if you like. I'm, you know, my mind thinks about all sorts of things, I solve a lot of problems yeah. when I'm out there. See, yeah. I, can, I can relate to that, because I've, I've done quite a bit of running and distance running, and, and we did, I did some long charity walks. Yeah. Um, again, raising a lot of money for, 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 for charity, but a, a lot of those times, because people walk at different places, I'm, you are on your own, you know, yes. and I think, I think one day I did about 30 miles on my own, and it was like, you know, but you, and your mind goes. So, so I, I can get that, but I'm pretty safe. You know, yeah. I can sort of stop, I can sit down. Um, you, I mean, you, we, I'm, I, we've some sort of the title, I tell in cheek called this little section of the podcast, we're swimming with the sharks and whales, mm. but, but you said to me when you were in Gibraltar, swimming, uh, swimming to Morocco, that there were whales popping by. I yeah, mean, so I, I mean, I saw the pilot whale, the, the, the water in that part of the world is so clear, you can see so far down, and the Gibraltar Strait is a very transient area yeah. for animals, yeah. right, they're going through yeah. to the bed and back, so yeah, I'm fortunate enough to see one there, and, and in the Cook Strait, in fact, we had a, a, a group of um, bottlenose dolphins come and swim with us as well. Yeah. So, that, so that's, that, that I think is nice, because I'm thinking they're nice, friendly. The whale, I mean, did it, I mean that, that just, 
What about sharks? Any sharks floating around? Or no, we, we no, do your best to avoid them, really. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, know, you know, Peter, we take yeah. a lot of precautions when we do these swims, so we make sure that we have the best pilots that yeah. really understand that stretch of water. Uh, generally, you're supported with a little rib that's right next to you. Yeah. Uh, so they're able to get you in the boat should they yeah. need to for any reason. So, so there is a so there is a comfort there, there's a there's a comfort blanket there if you need it. Absolutely. But, but then you're out there battling with yourself and battling with the conditions and battling yeah. there. So let, let's go back to these props, right? Because yeah. you know we've got we've got a transatlantic channel swimmer and we've got we've got these rascals. Look at these. Look, we've got the we got the Australia. These are these made by Speed. I don't know. We've got the Australia turbos. Look at yeah, them rascals, that's it. right? <laughs> we got them, and we got the Kent Invictors. Okay. I don't know anything about water polo. Don't you? So what positions do you play? Oh, is oh, there yeah. positions? Yeah, there is positions. It's not a free for all. No, 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 no. no. Okay. So I'm, I, I traditionally play. Is played there like a, a Pep Guardiola approach to, to, to water polo and a and a Jurgen Klopp approach or? Yeah. So you know basketball, right? Yes. So it's a bit like basketball. Yeah. So it's in water. Yeah, yeah. It's in water. You have six players. You got two yep. goals at either end. A 30 metre long pitch, and you will go down yourself yeah. an offence, and then yeah. you go back and you set up a defence. Okay, so my instant reaction is to mm. cheat and throw the ball from one end to the other. Yeah. Can you do that? Or is that you could do that, you could do that, that, but generally the goalies are very good, yeah, and they'll okay. probably pick that off. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Right, so that's me, guys. But it's, uh, it, you know. I'll think quarterback throw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of wrestling. So what position you can imagine. You I play centre forward. Se I, yeah. I, I should have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so centre forward's role is to set up in front of the goal. And the yeah. other players form a D yeah. around, and there are a lot of pictures and screens and things like that. The ball comes in and it either gets passed out for an outside shot or it gets gets mm. shot in from the centre forward position. And is it called um, a goal? It's called a goal. Okay, so, how many goals have you scored in your career oh, this season? Gosh, I, I don't know. Our season's just about to start. Yeah. I don't know. What's the average score in a game? Is it uh, you're 2 2 like or 10 5? 10 15? Yeah, so, like so, so it's quite high score. Yeah. And then we play quarters, yeah. seven minute quarters, stop the mm. clock, right? So generally a game will go for about an hour. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it may not be the great, greatest spectator sport because 80% of what happens <laughs> is happening yeah, underneath yeah. the water, right? There's a yeah. lot of grabbing of trunks and all that type of thing. In fact, we, we, we wear two sets of these. Just in case, case one set gets ripped off. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but so there's cheating in water polo? A little bit. Yeah. Little is, bit. Is, is VAR in water polo yet? Internationally, it is. I spoke to um, my eldest son's friend, um, his dad's from Paris, and he played in the underwater hockey team. Really? Yeah, I never knew about that until I met him, but that's actually a thing as well. It is, yeah. It is a thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, when do you retire the trunks? When, oh. when, when, when is it, you know, you've already told me you're the oldest player in the team. So <laughs> I'm saying you're about my age, in your 40s, so, yeah. so I've worked that out from the, from the timeline. So is there a time when, is there a Vets water polo league or does it, because that's what I play football now, I play with the old, yeah I play Vets, yeah, I'm quick again, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, quick yeah, again, yeah. playing with the youngsters mate, no, no. Yeah. so we do have tournaments over here yeah. for over 40s, over yeah. 50s, that sort of thing, and I always, yeah. will always uh, take part in, are you but, like the Lionel Messi of the, of the other yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, I do, yeah, 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 yeah. but no, I, you know, I enjoy being part of a team, yeah. right, so I don't know when I'm going to, to retire the water polo. Yeah. It probably will make sense one day to, to gravitate into open water swimming. Yeah. I've got a very um, understanding wife who knows that I was doing that before we got married and she's okay with me going away and do, doing and pursuing my passion. I think probably. I mean, I've got the pleasure of meeting your, your wife, mm. but perhaps it's probably because if you weren't doing it, you wouldn't be, you know, you're, you're better <laughs> having that focus and having that channel, aren't yeah. you? you know, yeah. and, that's, and that, that's important with any sort of exercise because you're combining a passion with healthy, health, a healthy lifestyle 
and with charity fundraising. What's the next swimming challenge for you? Ah, uh, the next swimming challenge is the. It's going to be something outrageous. It's been my right? dream since, Here we since go. I was a child. Drum roll. Right? The English Channel. The yeah, okay. solo. The yeah, celebrities so are doing that, aren't they? There's a, there's yeah, a program on the show. I, I, I have no idea, but I, I see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So yeah, the English yeah. Channel's the next one. Yeah. Okay? yeah. And that will be from where? Will you go from Kent? Will you go from Sussex? Yeah, you go from uh, just north of Dover, yeah, I believe, okay. Folkestone, and across. I'm looking for a boat at the moment. Believe it or not, you, you take some time to try and get a boat. I think there's a two year waiting list really? at the moment. They have about 300 people attempted every right. year. And around, I think, 20% make, make a success. I saw the guy try and fly over on the hoverboard. Yeah, and he missed, cool. he missed the landing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was pretty impressive, as, wasn't as, it? I mean, but how's your luck? Yeah. You know, it's sort of, sort of you know, yeah. in, in, it doesn't compare to you, your, your 4K out, but, I mean, uh, that's the future, isn't it? I mean, he got there. So, yeah. So, yeah. so the English Channel's going to be next for you? Yes, yes, Fantastic. absolutely. In our penalty shootout, Danny, we're yeah. going to ask you five quick fire questions. Okay. Right? For number one, who's your sporting hero? My sporting hero growing up was a guy called Michael Jordan. I played a lot of basketball growing up, believe it or not. So, so I can see the water polo yeah, basketball. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah, Air Jordan, yeah. nice trainers. Air Jordan. Yeah. yeah, yeah the trainers were a hit with, with my, with my <laughs> growing up. So, so Michael Jordan is your sporting hero. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in terms of your own sporting achievements, mm. what would you say is your... That's my best. Is, is it a water polo moment? Is it a swimming moment? What's your most proudest? Mm, I would say it was the Del Rieta Channel yeah. swim of last year. Yeah, the Euro Maybe, yeah, yeah, from from you know that's North Channel, yeah. and we did as a team as well. It was a relay. And you're and, in the world uh, Guinness World Records, aren't you? Yeah, it was a, it was a record breaking swim. It's the quickest ever swim. Have you got your friend? No, 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 we don't. But. But yeah, I think that was it. You know, one, because we had to do it as a team. Secondly, yeah. because of the challenges around that stretch of water. And it just feels so great when you accomplish something like this, right? Yeah. So, so you, mean, you mentioned a few cricketers there. So for question three, yeah. um, who would you say at the moment is the English, so talking from your wife's side of it, sort of widely studied ashes, who's your favourite English cricket player? Oh, Stokes. Stokes all day long. Listen, Stokes should be an Australian. He's Kiwi anyway, isn't he? He should be an Australian. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you need characters in sport, yeah. right? And that guy well, is... Well, both of them was character. Freddie was a fit of his character, wasn't he? Absolutely, Because that, 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 sometimes that, that spirit and character can make it, it gets the edge over talent, doesn't it? Absolutely, and pulls a team along yeah. with it too, right? I think it's a phenomenal thing. Because we've got some amazing, like Josh Butler's probably one of the most gifted cricketers in terms of his batting, he's unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he's a nice guy, he's a nice lad, yeah. you know. Ben Stokes is going to knock you out as well, isn't he? He's got, <laughs> he's got that fight in him, hasn't he? You he know? does, he does. So, so, so that's your favourite cricket. Who's your favourite Aussie player? Uh, Adam, Adam Gilchrist, Gilly. back in the day. Yeah, I tell you what, he's a West Australian who was an incredible batter, and he used to play with a lot of passion. He right? trains four wicketkeeping batsmen, oh, didn't he? Man, God, did, did he? What? Did he what? Now my youngest son, he's um, he was well, he's seventeen now, and he's a very good rugby player, yeah. very good cricket player, and he was like the opening wicketkeeper batsman, Gilly style. Do you know what I mean? Was he, he? Not the big, not the bowler out, out of attack, you know, but before him, yeah. wicketkeepers were like coming in at seven and just. Just parking the bus, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did transform. He changed the mate. game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he I, was so exciting to watch. He's in the top lad because I watched a, um, you know, on Sky Sports, they do the cricket coverage well. They do like these yeah. like tutorials. Uh -huh. He was talking about batting. And he was saying he used to put a squash ball um, in his glove. 
Right. And, and like, and it was to do with the hand, so he could get more. Yeah. I'm like, that's right. Is that allowed? Actually, yeah. <laughs> apparently it's just it's there. But but he just but he did it in that in that explosive way. And I guess then you've got the you've got like the the McCullums and the AB. They kind of changed it with fielding and T20. But Gilly, that's a uh, fair yeah, play. Yeah, fair yeah. play. I thought he was going to say Steve Smith just to keep <laughs> keep that in there. Okay. So what's the score, Callum? The cricket. Raised up. So England have got a lot to do to save, save this test. Yeah. So are you confident that the Ashes will be going home to, well, going back to your previous home in Australia? Yeah, I am very confident. You're very yeah, confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, had a bet, I had a bet this morning. Did you? Uh, yeah, I was listening to Talk Sport before, before I picked Callum up, yeah. and um, I won't name the betting company, but they, they said that um, 33 to 1 it was for uh, England to win this test. So I went on to my little app and I got powered up, so I've got 40 to 1. Yeah. Five English pounds I've, I've put on that England won't win it, so... Really? Who knows? Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll Thanks, see. That's the independent shootout. Danny, thank you so much for being a guest on the Boy Jones Show. I said to Callum on the way down that you know this is going to be a personality-driven one today. We we won't be struggling for conversation, yeah. and uh, you know in a typical Australian way, you, you brought that to it. We just need a couple of tinnies and a, and a, and a Barbie <laughs> going on, don't we? You that know? would be but, perfect. Uh, it would be. But yeah. uh, what would you like to leave us with about trend transformations? Ah, uh, well, you know, we anybody that joins trend transformations, granite transformations. Yeah. You, you know, we, uh, uh, we're an expanding company. We don't stand still. We have innovation at the core of our heart. We believe in sustainability. And, and we believe in transforming people's kitchens and lives, you know? Um, so we're after very passionate franchisees. We're expanding our footprint across the UK. Uh, and we're doing it in, in, in some quite dynamic ways as well. You know, we have our traditional franchise model, if you like, which is the retail premises on the high street with the factory but more recently we've also been investing in sort of a low-cost entry model so that we can bring the right kind of people into it through concession garden center spaces as well and that opens up the opportunity for actually a lot of people in the KDB yeah, that and, want to start and, their own and business. And that, that I think that is well yeah it gives accessibility in a pathway. I remember uh, in 2009 you know we had the recession in front of us right and Still got the scars. Still got Still the scars. scars. Yeah, it was a horrible period. Yeah. And we, we had to get creative about how we found franchisees because it was a very tough environment to recruit business owners. So we created a very low-cost entry model franchise which centred around uh, franchisees opening showrooms in garden centres. Yeah. Yeah? So they're not burdened with long-term leases or anything like that. It also puts our product right in front of our core yeah. customer. So instantly you're generating leads in business. Now, I remember 2009, we had three franchisees join us under that model. They've all gone on to expand those businesses, open up retail, bigger retail showrooms, and they're doing incredibly well today. So we're after more of those kinds of people interested in that kind of model. You know? And the KBB is, is, is a great opportunity to find those sorts of people you know, who understand the industry very well and want this opportunity. And, and I think the... 
where you take this opportunity is, is almost up to you as a, as, as a human being because you've got, you know, I, I would, I don't, drop, drop, drop the right person into this environment, you know, with, with the customers. First of all, I said, well, it's customers, you know, he's got kitchen, she's got one, you know, so, so you've got an opportunity there and I think if you've got the, if you've got the product that draws people in and then you've got your, your ability, because I always believe in that, if you can build a relationship, you know, with someone, it, it's not sales, you know, because you're, you're actually coming down there and, and it's not always about that conversation, it's the next one, it's the one after that. Um, my business has lasted 16 years because of, you know, relationships, reputation, you know, yeah. if, if you put some yeah. passion in it, if I'm passionate, my business is passionate. Now, I don't go looking for recruiters because yeah. they might have bad habits or they might have different skills that I don't want. I go looking for good people, Yes. right? Good people with a story. Something, tell, yeah, some, some, maybe they maybe they're front of the channel, like yeah. you. Or maybe, you know, they were a captain of their hockey club at school, or, or maybe she played the piano to a really high level, or, or lived in a different country. But when you've got someone that's experienced different things, you, you have a life skill there and something to work with, don't you? Something there that's interesting. Yeah. Is that part of the, I've got to ask this, is that part of franchisee selection? You know, getting the, 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 the neurolinguistic, the psycho, the, the, the personality fit? Yeah, it certainly is. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's why, you know, we spend a lot of time with our, our profiling test yeah. as well, if you like. And the sorts of things that we look for is people that are very highly organised, uh, positive mental attitude, interpersonal skills is, is very, very important for us. Uh, discipline as well, and, and that ability to really build, motivate, and drive a team towards okay. a common goal. I mean, I'm scoring myself high on about three or three <laughs> four so far. I'm all out of PMA, interpersonal discipline. I put myself high because I get OCD. Yeah, yeah. Organized, mm, yeah. I, 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 I have people to organize me, so yeah. I'm organized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. It's, it's, it's recognizing your weaknesses, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, yeah. you know, and, and I think these big profiling tools can be good, but, but they give us a guide and give us an indication as to. You know, do we have to explore that area, and how does the, 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 the science works? Yeah, the, the science works. So, so, so it doesn't actually make someone good or bad. It just means you can see what areas. You know, I, I knew when I set my business up the the ten things I was good at, and yes. I really knew the twenty things I wasn't good at. So, if I'm going to make this work, I've got to get these going. So, I needed people around me that could do that. Absolutely, uh, and that, that's what makes makes our life successful, really. Definitely, absolutely. Well, listen, I mean, from from our perspective, I wish you guys every success. We're we're going to work with you in, in in some exciting times in the future. But from a Foyne Jones perspective, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been brilliant. Thank you, Peter. And I really enjoyed it. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.